0: Well, welcome to the latest podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. I think this is called Keeping It Real with Dr. Keel. That's what happens when you let a marketer get turned loose on an economist. So anyway, we have a new question this week. I always like it when I get something that comes from you rather than me trying to figure out what I think is important. So the question was, how about some expansion on how serious inflation can, could, might be? And at the end, we can talk about going to Vegas because you all need to go to Vegas. Very important. If for no other reason than I get to see your smiling faces instead of just talking into my phone. So inflation, this is something that has been building through the year, and we are hearing a lot of absolute, utter nonsense when it comes to inflation, so My first warning is to pay very little attention to some of the media types that are going on and on and on about certain kinds of inflation that we are nowhere near. I know this is going to get me into a certain amount of trouble, but I can't resist. The leading advocate lately of sounding the alarm on inflation has been the guy that invented Twitter. And he went out and said, we're about ready to hit hyperinflation. And all I can say is that the first four letters of the word Twitter are twit. And I really wish this man would keep his mouth shut. Hyperinflation is an extreme event. This is when you get 50% or more inflation per month, for month after month. This is the kind of thing that you get the Weimar Republic in the 1930s in Germany, the collapse of Iraq. I mean, it's just, it's not possible in the United States. Never has been, really never will be. This is the kind of out of control inflation that signals the utter destruction of a country. Talking about hyperinflation is just ludicrous. And it, it just irritates me because it takes people's minds off the real threat of inflation because there really are considerations that we need to be aware of going into next year. Equally idiotic is the notion that we're heading for stagflation, particularly after the numbers that came out today. Stagflation is when you get this bizarre combination of slow growth and high unemployment. So you end up where I'm sorry, high growth and high unemployment. That's generally kind of a mutually exclusive situation. If you hit high growth, that's one of the things that spurs inflation. And it's one of the reasons we're seeing it now is that we've been growing very fast, at least through about half of this year. And you've seen a situation where demand has outstripped production. And as a result, prices have gone up. We add in the challenge of the supply chain, which has created shortages. That's another thing that drives prices up. But at the same time that we've seen this high growth, we have seen very low unemployment because that normally goes together. The latest data that came out today, over 500,000 jobs created this month. The unemployment rate's fallen again. Now it's to about 4.6%. We even modified the bad news from last month where we thought we'd only gained maybe a couple hundred thousand jobs and now it's more like 300,000. So. We're not seeing anything that would suggest that we're heading for a high unemployment picture. So without high unemployment, you can't have stagflation. So neither stagflation or hyperinflation is even on the table. These are just about as remote as being, I don't know what, being hit by a stray moon of Jupiter or something. I mean, it's just crazy. It's the kind of stuff the media gets a hold of and then beats to death. So what is the real situation? There are three things that drive inflation, and one of those has been what the Fed's been talking about all year, and that's commodity-driven inflation. That's the transitory part. We know that commodities are transitory. The question is when. We know steel comes down. We know oil comes down. We know lumber comes down. It always does. If you look at the The data over the last 10, 20 years, it looks like an EKG. It's up and then it's down, then it's up, then it's down. The challenge is figuring out when those peaks and valleys will be. We know that these prices will come down. Do they come down this quarter? Do they come down first of next year? Do they come down second quarter? Those are critical decisions and companies need to have some idea what they're looking at as far as these prices are concerned, but the Fed is correct when it says that this is a transitory influence when it comes to inflation. The second motivation is not so transitory. This is wages. When wages go up, they stay up. It's very difficult to cut somebody's wages once you have increased them. Now, realistically, what companies do if they discover that they're paying people more than they would want to pay them is they tend to fire the people who are the highest paid and replace them with new workers that are being paid less. That's kind of a risky maneuver because you're not necessarily getting the same quality of worker given the labor shortage right now. Very few companies are engaging in that or will. But we're still looking at the potential for some wage inflation push going into next year because people are getting paid more. They are demanding more and companies have no choice but to respond. The third kind of inflation is what the Fed generally focuses on. It's the only thing they have any control over, and that's money supply. As long as there's lots of money in circulation, and there is right now, we're still looking at something around $5 trillion worth of excess savings because of all the stimulus stuff we did in 2020 and 2021. That money kind of serves as a buffer against inflation for most people. People will complain about the high prices, they'll notice the high prices, but if they've got the money on hand, they'll buy the stuff anyway. The only time that the inflation really inhibits the consumer is when the consumer doesn't have the wherewithal to respond to that price hike, and right now we do. So as a result, we're tolerant of inflation. We don't like it. We complain about it. But it's not stopping us from doing much of what we would ordinarily do. The Fed can only affect money and supply because what it does is either raise interest rates to reduce the amount of money in circulation, it can mess with the reserve ratio that banks have to operate under, it can change the interest that banks get for depositing money at the Fed. It's all indirect and it's all based on drying up the money supply. But it's not something that they can do instantly. The money is already out there. So if the Fed starts to raise rates, it's basically stating we think inflation is going to be a problem a year from now, a year and a half from now, and we have to act now in order to reduce that money supply down the road. So the Fed may start raising rates as early as mid next year. That's now what they're starting to talk about instead of the end of next year. But that's still an anticipation of what they think is going to happen later in 2022 or even into 2023. So bear in mind that everything the Fed does is a delayed reaction. They can't instantly change anything when it comes to inflation. What is going to reduce inflation ultimately, at least as far as the short term, is fixing the supply chain. Once the suppliers catch up with demand, once the consumer is no longer pushing the supply chain as hard as they have been, prices will start to ease off. Much of that will happen because the retail season will have ended. I mean, a lot of what's been driving the supply chain is just Christmas. Once that is over, the spending that the consumer generally does also ends, and you don't have as much of that pressure on the producers. So at the end of the day, there's no hyperinflation. There's no stagflation. There is real 5% inflation almost 3.5% at the core rate, and that's problem enough. It means that a lot of prices are going to be higher through the next several quarters, and it's going to affect what people do going into the coming year. One last point on inflation. What people do to react to inflation actually makes it worse. If you think prices are going to go up next year, you tend to buy now in order to beat that price increase. That very action ensures that you're going to get inflation because you're adding demand so what's logical for you logical as a business person or as a consumer is bad for the economy and that's kind of the irony same thing with recessions the best way to get out of a recession is to spend like mad but if you're the only person that's spending like mad we go into a recession anyway and you're broke so it's, it's one of those things where the intuitive response may not be the best for the system as a whole. So bottom line is, worry about normal inflation, don't worry about weird inflation, and kind of expect to see a little bit of a shift in terms of reducing inflation by at least mid next year. So with that, I'm going to quit and wait for the next set of questions to come in and enjoy the rest of your week and the weekend.